Welcome back to The Four View. I hope you've enjoyed our first episode and that you're ready for more thought-provoking discussions. In this episode, we're taking a deep dive into the world of journalism and the importance of merit-based hiring. We have two insightful guests joining us today. First up is Ruth Wood, Deputy Editor for Global Radio Birmingham. Ruth will be sharing her perspectives on workplace diversity in the media industry and how it can potentially reduce groupthink. Later in the episode, we'll be hearing from Warren Nettleford, ITV News reporter, on the competitive nature of the industry and the lack of diversity in journalism. But regardless of the challenges, we believe that opportunities will always arise for those who are determined to succeed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this exciting episode of The Four View. Don't forget to let us know what you think. Hope you enjoy the episode. Before I introduce you to the amazing Ruth Wood, reporter and deputy editor of Global Radio Birmingham, I'd love to talk to you about my recent exchange with Dr Kirsten Eddy, one of the authors of the recent 2023 report of race and leadership in the news media by the Reuters Institute. I asked her, what is most challenging about promoting diversity in journalism? And she said, grappling with issues of diversity in many fields, not just journalism, is a byproduct of larger systemic inequalities in societies. This means reckoning with broader cultural forces and in some cases more pushback. Hiring is only the first step of the process for creating a more equitable journalism field. For instance, once women or people from historically marginalised groups make it into the door, reaches have shown that they can face more difficult and sometimes outright hostile work environments. We must also prioritise fostering inclusivity and equity in the newsrooms in ways that move past simply hiring for diversity. Knowing this, are you empowered or discouraged? Maybe both. If you like what you hear, please do read the report which will be linked in the bio. But for now, let's get back to the podcast. In a couple of seconds, you'll be hearing from the amazing Ruth Wood. I feel like it's really interesting to know more about your background. So I want to know, like, in the context of diverse newsrooms, how has your experience been from studying journalism, media to being a working journalist because I know you're also one of Diane's students. Yeah, so I would say I think studying was fantastic and actually we had a very diverse group. This is going back a long time ago. So from what I remember, it was a very diverse group, um, which was really, really nice. And then started off my career at a place called The Seven in Shrewsbury, which is a fairly a rural place. I don't know if you know Shropshire and Shrewsbury that much. Um, so actually the diversity there was fairly non-existent, but I didn't find it a struggle or anything. You know, I, I didn't think, feel, well, I'm the, I'm the only person from a diverse background or an ethnic background um, at all. And I think I'd say as my career's progressed and I've moved to bigger stations, they are much more diverse. I'd say within Global in particular, um, we definitely try a lot harder to reach out to our different communities and different diversities in our stories. So uh, today in particular was a really nice one about the very first Afro-Caribbean High Sheriff for the West Midlands, which is something that's not happened ever. So that's just, that's, yeah, really, really nice. And we, we will try and when we go out and speak to people, you know, I, we don't just want to hear from white men. 
you know we want to hear from every background and i think particularly here in the west midlands it is such a diverse place that we do make a conscious effort to try and speak to all those different communities that represent so many of our listeners and actually for me here i've really embraced that and i'd probably say from my own background i was from quite a a not diverse area so i lived in a little village i think there was only two mixed race people in my entire school so for me to then come into birmingham and sort of be broadcasting to the west midlands it's really nice to see our company embrace that diversity do you feel like when you might be one of the only people of color um do you think that comes across as a challenge in a team if that's a situation that you're in or does it come across as an opportunity i definitely say an opportunity i don't think it's ever a challenge perhaps that's just my mindset and the way i look at life but i honestly believe actually me being mixed race has given me more opportunity than perhaps if if i wasn't and at touchwood you know at the moment it hasn't posed too many difficulties for me and how do you feel that you are you know the deputy editor for global in birmingham as someone from a mixed race background i am really happy i mean i'm sure you probably noticed there's not a huge diverse crowds in the office i think that's just the way it is there's no rhyme or reason behind that i think that's just how the cookie crumbles so for me i feel really really proud to be able to represent people from diverse backgrounds and ultimately i would really like to actually move up i think at the moment i've been able to come back off maternity leave so i, I had a baby in 2020 we had covid and then i still managed to progress i'd like to think that my career can progress further perhaps a more bigger role perhaps within in global news editing or more on the programming side that sort of thing but i definitely don't think my career is plateaued or finished here i definitely think and to represent more diverse staff i definitely want to keep on pushing myself forward and show that it can be done what are your thoughts on the fact that only six percent of journalists and this has been found this year in the uk are people of color Wow, I think that's really sad. It would be interesting to find out why why that is. I think it's a shame because actually minorities, it seems, from all the research out there and data, perhaps not everybody gets that access to education that's available to everybody else. I think that is is a problem because you will know to do our job, you do need to be able to read and write fairly well. Um, so I think just finding the root of issues there at the, the foundation levels of education. I'm saying that, saying it's sad, but also not everybody wants to necessarily do this job. And I totally get that. Perhaps not everybody's interested in the news. I think particularly over COVID in the last few years we've had with government, I think that's put people off news. A lot of my friends have said, I don't watch the news anymore because it's just too sad. Perhaps there's those people out there that just think, that's not for me. I don't know. It would be interesting to, you know, delve a bit deeper and, and find out why there's such a small percentage. Recognising that working journalism tends to not make you a lot of money and a lot of people would 
assume that working in journalism is a privilege knowing that it doesn't make a lot of money would you say that those from African, Asian, Caribbean backgrounds might be discouraged to go into journalism knowing that it doesn't make a lot of money and knowing that their parents might not push them into these types of careers? Because it's not a doctor or it's not a... Yeah, absolutely. You know, and as I'm sure Diane has said to you, we don't come into this industry to become a millionaire. We absolutely don't. This is a, this is a this is a career, not just a job. So you, I do this job every day because I love it. I like to inform people. I like to be informed myself. I like to use the platform I've been given to try and explain to other people, you know, what's going on in the world. Uh, I definitely don't do it for the money. I think that could definitely put people off. To that, I would say, then that's fine. You don't have to do this job. No one's, you know, holding a gun to your head saying you must be a journalist. Um, I think it's just about the love of the job. And, you know, we get to speak to people that everybody in everyday life don't get to speak to. We get to ask those questions that people don't get to ask. And we, you know, get real big opportunities that I think... Does that outweigh the money side? You know, I used to work in PR and get loads and loads of money, but my word, I was like, ugh, is this my life now? You know, nine to five, boring, boring, but I had a a bank full of money, but it wasn't what I wanted. So I think, you know, you have to really ask yourself what, coming into this industry, what motivates you? If it's money, then I'm not saying there aren't areas where you could earn a lot of money, but that's, you know, that takes a while for you to get to that point where, you can reap those financial benefits. So I have read this scholarly article and it said that workplace diversity diminishes groupthink. Would you agree that to get rid of groupthink, this idea that we all think the same and we get the same coverage because we're all hearing from the same people from the same socioeconomic background. So would you agree that to get rid of groupthink, we need to encourage workplace diversity. I think that is definitely an issue within the industry as a whole. I think people are really trying to make waves and move away from that. I think there's a lot of work being done to, I don't know if regulate the press is the right word, but so for me, this is exactly the reason why I like doing what I, I do, is because I can make a decision on what I think is important that day. So I'm not being led by a white man at the top. You know, I'm making a story, a judgment on a story that I'm going to lead with on whichever brand, because that's what I think is important to people. So, you know, on Capital Birmingham, if there was a a huge shooting at a nightclub, or, you know, we've had all these um, laughing gas canisters being a massive issue. That is what I think is the big issue there, much more than... Definitely. Uh, Scotland having a new leader. So, yeah, I, I think it's an issue, but I think I think people are trying to get out of that and really make it transparent. And I think it's a lot more difficult to be a dictator in the industry now because people have got phones, you video everything all the time. So it's vital that you mm. be honest and don't try and force people into agendas. Definitely. But when it comes to certain stories, say that your white colleague was assigned a story on 
mixed race issues and she'd asked you for advice would you prefer and you know be quite offended um by the editor and thinking she should have signed me I'm mixed race um to the story or would you feel like as long as she gets the facts right it doesn't matter whether she's white or or not yeah I see what you mean there probably in in all fairness I would think actually yes that's I can do I know that firsthand so I would wonder why but I also trust my colleagues enough to fairly do that story and you know I think that they would always come to me and ask me if that was the case and that's what happened perhaps that isn't the case everywhere and that's something people really need to think about do you think that there's a benefit having that personal experience or do you think that could come across as bias? No, I don't think it can be biased because it's because it's fact and you've lived whatever it is you're trying to tell that you've lived that. And I think, you know, we have a duty not to be biased. And I think that's part of our code of conduct when we come into this. Role is to be fair. So have you found that workplace diversity, you know, encouraging people from different backgrounds, more women, have you found that to be quite positive in the workplace and encouraging? I think for us, we have got a good team of a mix, 50-50, I'd say, of women and, and men. I think there is a slight lack of diversity ethnicity-wise, but I really don't think that's not for the want of trying on our company's parts, I think perhaps there isn't just that appetite from necessarily those minorities in particular, like when you say younger people are being pushed actually into other careers from from family members or friends, and this just isn't one that's an option for them. And in terms of you, when you decided to go into journalism, what was your experience, like the reactions of the people around you? Were they encouraging, very positive? Or were some people like, why are you doing that? <laughs> I, it's been fantastic. You know, everyone has always been such a, a supporter to me and always just really, really proud of me. I think even when I started on those smaller stations, everybody around me was just like, oh, that's fantastic, you're on the radio. So now, you know, being on some of the biggest stations in the entire country, everyone's just like, wow, I can't believe you get to do that every day. And I actually have to pinch myself and go, ah, oh, you know what? You're right. I can't believe it either. So, yeah, it's good. And what do you hope for the future of journalism? I hope to introduce younger people into the world of news to make them interested, to make them love news, current affairs and what's going on in the world, not just bury their head in the sand, mindlessly watching I don't know, people making cakes on TikTok, just really care about what's going on around you. Do you see yourself as kind of a role model considering your background and that you are the deputy editor and you have also plans for progression? Yes, I think my background, I was adopted into a white family when I was two and a half or three years old. I had every reason I would say to go off the rails a bit and not want to do anything but um and I was just always in this white village but luckily for me you know I never had any problems and I've been given the best I have been given the best opportunities in life 
but I also would like to be a role model for other people to say, look, you don't have to be dealt the best cards. If you're given lemons, let's make lemonade. Despite the fact that diversity can be an issue, do you think it helps to have a positive outlook? I do. Absolutely do. I think if you're a bit negative, Nancy, then that's what vibes you'll get back from people. I really, you sort of reap what you sow, I think. Perhaps that's not true in all cases of life, but I just think you can just be a, find a positive in things that will just help you in all aspects of life, not just in your workplace. Do you think it could be a bit of a, a catch-22 when, you know, going into this industry, some might, might expect you or someone of the same background to always do the more diverse stories not that you don't want to do them but say that you want a, a just a general more like story on conflict or something but they're always coming to you for the same stories do you think sometimes it could be a bit of a catch-22 in the industry what I would say to that is just talk about it to your editor or your line manager whoever it is I think having an open dialogue and being able to speak don't let things fester and get fuming about it and think, well, I don't like that, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to get here and get really, really angry. Just talk about it and say, oh, guys, I always have to do these. So why don't we, you know, if there's a problem, try and find a solution. You are now more than halfway through the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Global's very own Ruth Wood. I don't know about you, but I've been encouraged, informed and inspired. In just a few moments, you'll hear from Warren Nettleford, you might have recognised him from TV as he's an ITV news reporter and presenter. You'll love what he has to say about recruiting and diversity in journalism, recognising that it is a complex issue. You know how it was recently found that the Met Police was institutionally racist? That was a very recent thing. Would you say that the same could be said for journalism in, 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 the, in this country? Or would you say that that's quite difficult to, to say? Uh, 
I wouldn't use that language to describe the UK journalism industry. It's a it's kind of complicated because you've got different types of journalism in the UK. You've got broadcast journalism, print, online. I think the latest research I sh I saw a few years ago um, from Press Gazette, I think, um, was that I think um, non-white journalists in the UK, I think, comprise around 8% of the industry. Whereas, you know, I think the latest figures are population-wise, it's between 12 and 13%. So for the country as a whole. So there's a bit of a gap there when it comes to the industry compared to the population as a whole. But I think it has changed the industry in recent years. I've been a journalist for 15 years and I'd say the industry has changed a lot. There've been lots of schemes to try and encourage people from different backgrounds to to get involved and to to um, become journalists in, in television news anyway. So I'd say the newsrooms where I've worked at the BBC and at Channel 4, ITV are more diverse by the very nature of the fact the industry is quite small and in management positions, people don't leave that often. Um, and because there are quite few management positions, then of course, I think naturally it will take longer for those for those roles to become more diverse in time. Um, and also there's a question of, you know, ensuring that people of colour or people from other backgrounds have, um, you know, get the, get the experience that they need to do those roles. Um, now it's a case of maybe time to ensure that everyone gets an opportunity to get that experience and then hopefully that can lead to a change in terms of there being more diversity in newsrooms when it comes to managerial levels but the roles so far so few that it will take time and all it takes is for one person or two people to get jobs in management in tv news and the figures will be, will be transformed but then again it could go down and get massively if those people aren't there anymore purely because there are very very few jobs it's not as if you know if you want to talk about diversity in the teaching industry where there are say thousands of jobs for head teachers in the country it's not the same in journalism there are like very few jobs where you can compare like for like in terms of managerial diversity levels so would you say that it's a multifaceted issue that it's not just the fact that you know it's a diversity issue so would you say there's like it's quite complex yeah, of course, very complicated. I mean, I mean, what does diversity mean in terms of diversity, in terms of privately educated or comprehensively educated or selective schools, with, which are, you know, in terms of religion, all those things come into play when, when you're trying to look at diversity when it comes to employing people. You know, you may be black, but foreign born, you may be black, but Caribbean heritage or African heritage or other heritage. So all these different things um, kind of play into that really and make it a more complicated issue when it comes to the idea of, of groupthink. And I think with groupthink, it's um, it's more to do with the values of a newsroom in general, where perhaps people can begin to think in a different way. And um, yeah, so yeah, there are, there are many, many things to think about. But do you think that groupthink could be a barrier to promoting diversity in the media? Give me like a bit more like um, specifically what do you mean in terms of hiring and recruiting or do you mean or how? In terms of news coverage, making sure that our news coverage is diverse and not just one side or a couple of sides, but covering different stories and angles. Yeah, well, obviously it's better to have people from different backgrounds who bring a richness to, um, you know, the story of Britain and there are going to be people who have different points of view based on their upbringing. 
So, of course, if you had everyone in a newsroom who was, you know, white, male and middle class from the south of England, you're going to get a very, very different kind of take on what's happening in the world compared to if you had a mixture of people who are, you know, northern women or black or Asian um, having different sexualities. So all those things are important to ensure that you have a better understanding or a better way of being able to reach people because you can understand them and understand different cultures and different different stories. So I wouldn't call that groupthink. I just call that an awareness of how diversity can be a real strength to ensure that we can speak to our audiences better. And you'd say that you've noticed that there's an improvement in journalism in having that. Well, I'd say the newsrooms are more diverse than they've been in like the 15 years since I've been a journalist. They've definitely become more diverse. And I think that's better because you're having a range of different kinds of stories being told. You're having different people telling their stories. You're having different people being able to reach out to different communities because of their backgrounds and experience, not to ghettoize things or to pigeonhole them, but just having, you know, it's likely they're going to be able to bring something extra to a, a newsroom if they can get access to a different group or community. So then that's that's an advantage. So how do you personally as a journalist ensure that you communicate effectively with a diverse audience and consider a variety of perspectives on the topics that you cover? Yeah, well, as I, as I mentioned just now, in terms of if you've got journalists who are able to bring an understanding of those different communities, and not just that, they have the flexibility of being able to understand other communities by, you know, being good journalists and, and not just not just relying purely on their own backgrounds to get to grips with things. That's a, a good thing. And secondly, by listening to our audience, listening to audience feedback, having focus groups, getting like instant comments and feedback on social media, those things that really help to inform the newsroom. So I think it's kind of like a, it's a number of ways, really, and just being open to responding to trends and and what's happening culturally uh, all those things can contribute to that and do you think that there are certain steps that the media can take to ensure that there is a growth in diversity in the future i think you know there are lots of like schemes and initiatives now to try and increase access to people from different backgrounds and they'll consider careers in journalism i think that's really important that they do more of that you know, I think actually social media companies can be doing a lot more actually to educate young people to the importance of news because when it comes to where young people choose to spend their time now, they're spending less of their time watching news or reading news and spending more of their time on social media platforms. And actually, I think they've got a responsibility to help provide robust and good and clear news content because they're not doing enough of it. Uh, and that can help to um, any social media companies somehow in the future can you know help to create a new ecosystem for news that could help to educate young people as to what's going on in the world. I guess part of it is recognising like it's a competitive industry and that it's not just a diversity issue or a problem of group link but also the fact that there aren't that many jobs available and what do you think about affirmative action and certain schemes that might encourage people from different backgrounds, you know, different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, from different ethnicities to consider journalism as a career for them? Yeah, I think I think as long as, you know, the schemes that are created to attract different people into the industry are still upholding the same robust standards to, that everyone has to pass to get in, 
I think that's a great thing. I think it's good. You know, it's all about making make ensuring that the standards are the same. The last thing anyone would ever want is to know that they're being hired purely because of their particular protected characteristic, be it um, ethnicity or anything else. So it's about ensuring, yes, we do create those, you know, employment pathways, um, but having to make sure that the people that are hired are fully equipped and can do the job the best they can. I'm sure they are, you know, I see all the time. But the last thing you want to do is to have like an ethnicity first kind of policy that I don't think is particularly helpful, not for the journalist or for the newsroom. So, yeah, yeah, I think it can be good if we can attract more more diverse talent to work in the industry that that'd be a good thing saying that do you think that it's helpful that if i apply for a job in the media that i have to pick my ethnicity my religion sexuality do you think those are i know that they're important characteristics but do you think that, that they're important in terms of the hiring process well statistically depending as to what your name is I'm talking not about journalists, but in every, every every industry in the country, that if you have a name which sounds, you know, Muslim or sounds particularly, has a particular ethnic slant to it, you are less likely to get an interview. I mean, which is the awful situation that we're in. So I think having the data helps to fight against that because we can start monitoring and seeing what's what employers doing right or wrong. So I think it can be helpful, even if it doesn't help you personally in the short term for the industry in general, I think it can be a good thing because it can help um, see, you know, if they like did some dates and a data troll and then found out that ITN weren't ever interviewing anyone who was a woman who had a Muslim sounding surname, then you can say what's going on, you know? So I think it's really good that we, have this data to make sure so there's a real like I know pressure on HR departments I guess to get it right well, what do you think well personally I understand where you're coming from but I also think that it's important to be judged by the work that you do and mm. your experiences and how good you are as a journalist and I think like any other degree whether it's medical or in journalism I, I, I like the fact that there are schemes out there like you know with affirmative action but I'm not sure about ticking my name or like well not taking my name but putting down my sexuality my ethnicity my my race and because I don't want to be put in a box mm-hmm. um, and, and I don't want people to look at someone and just because of the way they look and assume that they're an expert of I know like yeah. race issues I think it's important to have these discussions but I guess it can be quite discouraging because you might put your religion down and you're like, oh, what what if they've already filled their quota of this amount of Christians, you know? And so it can be a bit, I don't know, it, it can make me quite paranoid that I, I just, it just makes me feel like it's not, in my mind, an even playing field mm-hmm. because you, you already know that if, if, the, if the fact is they don't have enough you know, LGBT journalists, or they don't have enough of this, they don't have enough of that. I think sometimes it's not helpful because, like you said earlier, you don't want to get the job just because they were looking to hire a black journalist and you you want to be hired because of how good you are as a journalist. But I think it's also difficult because obviously you don't, what you don't want to have is you 
you don't want to have a newsroom filled with uh, a group of I guess white male journalists only but I also think quality is very important so I guess they are um no easy answers so in terms of challenging editors is that something that you can do because you've been in the industry for so long or is it something that I can do as someone that is in my final year studying journalism and looking to getting to it well yeah it's, it's gonna be easier for me because I'm in the industry already but for you to begin with you can forge a relationship with people like me with the reporters or with producers online on social media by pitching story ideas and sending things in and that's how you kind of build up a, a relationship and then it's down to me I guess to put more pressure on the editors by being in relationship with the viewers and listeners and people who are sharing and telling me stories mm-hmm. um you know some editors do take feedback online and they do receive you know like audience feedback and stuff they do see it so you, you can share it there too and how would you advise me speaking up about more controversial subject addressing the issues and but at the same time being polite and not overly emotive you're polite aren't you <laughs> you have anything to worry about what are you worried about that for <laughs> I think sometimes when it comes to something so sensitive, I think everything becomes too political, too much the global south versus the global north, you know, too much, you know, when you have conversations with people, oh, the West wants to keep Africa with this image of being poor, which is what a lot of us believe, but I don't think it's very constructive. I don't think those conversations, they help because it's, more complex than that yeah I, I you know I just advise you to get involved with other media groups like with um, charities or pressure groups that are trying that are trying to change things in the media you have discussion groups online who meet I had a meeting this week with the the ethical journalism network it was I think yeah the ethical um, I went to a meeting which was run by the Lady Henry Center for Media Diversity and they had did some research into the experience of black journalists in, in newsrooms. And, you know, going to that event was interesting. They were presenting some research. And, um, yeah, they did that in collaboration with the Ethical Journalism Network. I'll send you a link so you can have a look at it. But I would, And you can watch back, I think, the meeting. But I think it's a case of, like, getting involved with those kind of, like, organisations to, to, get get be- to get a better grip as to what's happening um you know in the world and how people are trying to change things structurally is what i would say that's it for episode two of the full view i love speaking with our guest ruth and warren at the full view we are blessed with the best guests one of the aims of the podcast is to encourage people to speak out against groupthink in the media as well as encouraging journalists to use their voices to share their perspectives on what matters, the news and the values we hold, like the importance of diversity. I believe that having diverse voices is essential for getting the full picture and I'm committed to promoting both opportunity and merit-based hiring in the media industry. Remember, when navigating conversations around groupthink, we're not saying one is right and neither is wrong. What I am saying personally is that we need to hear more sides, more angles, more voices, as with everything, diversity in journalism is a subject that is multifaceted.
Ultimately, I know that pursuing a career in the media can be challenging, but I want to encourage you to pursue your passions and not be deterred by the competitive nature of the industry. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on my podcast, so please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support means the world to me. I can't wait to continue this crucial conversation. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to stay tuned for any upcoming episodes featuring more amazing guests. Bye for now.